Hey fam, and welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Crisis Podcast. This week, I've got Byron Dempsey from the Driven Young Podcast, which aims to educate and inspire the younger generation on entrepreneurship and practical life skills not taught in school. Although Byron is Gen Z, Byron took an alternate path in his career and it really shows in all of the practical life skills that he has learnt along the way. So let's jump straight into episode 31 of the podcast, The Pursuit of Passion and Purpose. The Millennial, The Millennial Me. This is The Millennial Crisis by Demi Kotsouris, Wi-Fi not included. Hey Byron, thank you so much for joining me on the Millennial Crisis podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. Pleasure. Super excited to have a chat today. Now, I start off all of my podcast episodes asking my guests their name, their age and what they do. Uh, So my name is Byron Dempsey. I'm 22 years old and I run Driven Young and host of the Driven Young podcast, which is kind of dedicated to educating and inspiring the younger generation with practical life skills we don't learn at school. Honestly, Driven Young, I'm such a huge fan of the work you do because it is, it's, it's awesome. And I know that although we've got kind of the different target demographics. I mean, I feel like we do quite a similar thing. Just I'm more kind of 15 to 22, like senior high school at uni is kind of my demo. And obviously you're a little bit just kind of slightly above. And otherwise I think we do very similar things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. And it's inspiring to see other people do it, especially like at your age, not that we're that much different in age, but you know what I mean? Oh yeah. But like, I mean, that's kind of one of the things and the reason I wanted to get started with, because I guess there are other people who do kind of what I do. There's a few different companies and stuff, but none of them have like a young person leading it. And so I'm trying to be like relatable with my podcast. Like, Hey, I, I graduated high school, like three or four, three years, four years ago one of those and um especially like there's such a disconnect between high school kids and like someone who's 25 now like we speak such different languages and like even when when I talk to younger people I'm like I feel so old and just the language and everything they use and so I do think it's important to kind of be that that was a a big thing I was going with the the relatable side of it for sure it's so funny you say that because even in like when you hear people talk about millennial they Mm. are that are Gen X in those in their forties, so it's interesting that you can see the same with, I guess, Gen Z. I was talking with um, my my speaking coach. I had a session with him, which I won for free, which is really cool. And he was like, I was telling him about it and stuff. And he was like, he's had people kind of attempt to kind of do what I'm doing, but they were like 28, and it's just too old. He was like, honestly, you've got to be below 25 to kind of be in that relatable space. Once you get over 25, it's like you're almost too old for the for the Gen Z. And, you know, they'll, they'll call you a boomer if you're like 27. <laughs> I, I've been sitting on bloody TikTok and I'm like, what language are you guys speaking? Oh, exactly. It's a completely different language. And I was talking with my mum, my mum, because my mum had an older brother who was like five years older, the exact distance between me and my sister. And she was just like, oh, yeah, you know, a lot of her friends would date my brother's friends and stuff. And me and my sister were looking at each other like, what? That is... I would never date your friend. Like that is so weird. Cause it's like year 12 to year seven. That's so creepy and weird, but it was so normal back then. And I feel like it's such a disconnect now, like dating a 22 year old and a 30 year, 30 year old. I, th- I think it's definitely not as normal as it used to be. In your, your bio, it says, I believe our world is changing so fast. The current education system can't keep up. 
and is left teaching us old outdated skills no longer relevant mm. in the workplace it's not just the workplace and education system stuff it's cultural stuff that is so different as well yeah and i mean i think that statement is, is true but it's also the world has changed and the education hasn't kept up like that's just i think that's a fact and i'm not pointing fingers or blaming teachers i'm not really blaming anyone because the world's changed so fast that it's like how could we actually keep up like i i know the amount of work it would take to change the education system by the time i've implemented it it's probably changed again in five years i need to do new stuff so it's not like pointing and blaming fingers but yeah and cultural everything is changing so quick you know from from the 80s to now the technological cultural you know racism homophobic like it's just so different to to 30 years ago and like you said even five years ago it's it's still yeah so different now so what is what are the kind of things that you talk about in your podcast and i guess where what messages are really important for you to get out yeah, so I talk about I talk about heaps on the podcast. I just the thing I'm always trying to do is make sure it's relevant to younger people, so we keep it quite high level. I talk about you know financial literacy is a big one. Just I, if we talk about like as a tagline, what do we you know stuff practical stuff we should have learned in school? Financial literacy. Everyone I've never heard anyone go, oh yeah, we shouldn't be learning that. Like everyone agrees that we should be learning better finance, interest, tax. How do we pay tax? All this stuff in high school so when we enter the real world we don't get slammed i talk about a lot about networking growing your networks and how powerful that can be from a young age um we've done some mental health stuff because mental health is so prevalent for younger generations i think largely due to social media and technology which has just changed bullying from traditional what you see in the movies which is really badly represented of you know the big tough guy calling him names and bullying and stuff whereas bullying is so subtle and over group chats and snapchat and facebook and all that yeah so it's just as i mentioned practical life skills we don't learn in school i actually had a i had a girl on last week and we talked about dating for gen z which is really interesting and we just talked about how messed up it is with technology like tinder um, how people ghost for some reason like we consider ghosting okay and normal um, and all these different things so yeah just a whole bunch of different stuff but it's all i also like to keep it really practical so whenever i mention a concept i like to actually say how can we apply that so it's like okay we've talked about mental health and depression but how can we help reduce it well let's say studies have shown that if you go for a 20 minute walk each day that'll actually do the same amount as taking a pill for depression um, because i'm so sick of kind of influencers and gurus out there who just bombard you with like motivation and stuff and they never actually give you practical okay how do i get started how do i actually do it advice like hearing you speak it's like it's feel like it's so similar to exactly what i one of the reasons that i started the podcast was because i was like i'm over these inspo posts these fluff mm. posts that literally don't tell us anything on how to do things yeah and motivation is yeah. really important right but you also you know you need motivation you need implementation just as important and you know that's where the kind of the self-help world can be quite dangerous and reading one book a week is like that's good but you're actually better off just to read one book and implement what the book says instead of reading a book every single week um, and so yeah that's something I'm, I'm always conscious of like 24 7 I'm always trying to think how can I make this practical if I was 16 17 how do I apply this instead of just learning about it what got you wanting to start this or have this passion for it? Because I think we all see the issues in, in the systems. We all sit mm. in class and ask those questions. Like, 
why aren't you teaching us practical stuff or especially after we finish school even just as how to bloody change a tire you know yeah um, actually it's funny my friend it's so funny when i was brainstorming heaps of stuff we should have learned in school one of my friends she was just like i want to know how to change a tire and i was just like oh you don't know how to change a tire because I, I i know how maybe that's yeah. just the culture of you know men change a tire so we we learn yeah. um but yeah that was something she brought up so obviously that's actually something people want to know yeah yeah so what i guess what started it all so i graduated high school and I was ever since about 11 years old, I've been creating videos. They're on YouTube. I've got videos from 2010 of me with lightsaber fights with my, with my friends and like um, bouncing on the trampoline. And like, I used to just make videos for fun gunfights with our Nerf. I do all like after effects and stuff. And that slowly turned into my music teacher. Oh, you do videos. Oh, how would you like to do a music video for me? You pay me a hundred bucks to shoot a music video. And then I moved, we did a few more and then I started getting more paid jobs and I started, my mum introduced me to someone who has a video company. I did a little bit of work for him and I was always doing free, just free work. Like I'll go and learn. And then, yeah. And I kind of became known as the video guy, I guess in my high school. And so I did an end of year captain's video. Like I we did like a time travel video. I spent hours and hours on that. And it kind of hit a point in HSC, which I think the point is right now we're, we're filming this for current HSC students where everyone's like, oh my God, is this worth it? And they're like, should I, should I commit to go for my ATAR or should I just kind of give up now? I know there's a lot of that right now. And so I kind of said like, I think it's more valuable for me to be known as a video guy than get a, a few extra marks my end of high school score. And so I did that. And then I, I graduated high school. I got into uni at Wollongong and a few different unis. And the only reason I applied to university was because my mum made me. She was like, it'd be good to have backup options. And so I had it as an option, but I decided not to go. And I, uh, like six or seven months later, I guess I kind of took a gap year. I just started working. I just, I was working as a disability support worker just to get some money. It was, it was fun. And event, I came across an ad on Facebook for B D rock, which is for anyone who follows Gary Vaynerchuk, D rock is like his original videographer. And so it was like be D rock for this guy or whatever. And so I applied for the role and I sent him a message saying, Hey, blah, 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 blah. And then I got a phone call and I said, Hey, I'll do this for like, like I'm super keen to work for you. I don't care about money to pay me whatever you want, that sort of thing. And I got a job with this guy called Glenn Carlson, who's quite a well-known Australian entrepreneur. And I basically as I just mentioned, I was his personal videographer. So I'd follow him around. We'd uh, shoot, we'd just constantly do videos. And I was working with these two young guys who were running his marketing. So I was kind of, they were in, in charge of making sure I was hitting my KPIs, which is at the time like four videos a week. And yeah, so I just started creating videos and I was learning from those two guys. They're like two of my closest mates now. Basically, I consider this my uni because I was going, I was following Glenn. I got to go to all of his events for free. I got to film heaps of his events you know, he charges a 20, 20 grand for his 12 month program. I basically got to do that like twice for free. And so I learned from all, I met all these entrepreneurs and all these business owners and I networked with them, um, built it up. And I started doing work for lots of other people, video work. I started doing marketing for them, blah, blah, blah. Two years later of kind of doing that. I started a marketing company and I didn't really enjoy it. And I ended up going to a podcasting conference for a really for this guy called Romsey, who runs the biggest podcasting conference in the Southern Hemisphere called We Are Podcast. And yeah, it was just really cool. And I, I met some huge podcasters like Pat Flynn and Jordan Harbinger, if you guys, any listeners know them. And it was just really cool. And then like three months later, I was sitting in my car with my dad kind of just talking about the Driven Young kind of concept about how I feel like school's failing us. And, I, and then I was like, oh, maybe 
a great way for me to express this would be through a podcast. And I'd, I kind of had podcasts in my mind because I, I was at a conference and I'd seen how powerful it was. And I just spent like, I was like, yeah, let's do the podcast. And I spent like four or five months before I launched it, just planning it out. And then I, I launched it way too early. Like for me, I just needed to launch it. Like I could have planned for a year, but I just needed to launch it. So I just launched it. I, I feel like only now am I going all in on the podcast. Do I have the time and effort to really put the energy into it that I wanted to, but I launched it like eight months ago. But yeah, so that's kind of, that's my story. It's, it's interesting that you took such an alternate route. And I think that's so great for you to be a host of this podcast that, that you show that like you didn't necessarily become a part of that after school study program. You did this alternate route and like mm. look at all, like you can just see the knowledge when you speak like in you. So it's like, you're the oh my goodness showing the product you know which i like, think is really cool the amount of stuff i learned through like i said to glenn the first month with him i said I le- i've learned more in the first month with you than i have in all of year 12 like more practical skills you learn a lot in year 12 but it just goes in and goes out and as soon as you finish your exam it's it's you just forget about it mm. but in terms of practical skills i learned so much from him from the two guys that i was working with from the other business owners it was just, and that, that's kind of what tricked. I was like, oh my God, like I'm learning so much. What if I can try show people that this is what we should be learning and how valuable it is? It's, it's funny because I think when people start listening to the millennial crisis, they're at a point where they've finished their university and they've done what they're supposed to do. They're, they're in their desk job, you know, sure. you've got to get a job, you know, you're, you're 23, 24, 25, you know, that's what you need to do. And then they realize that, holy shit, like I'm in this job at one of the big four or I'm in this job, Mm. big media company or agency. And people are like, wow, you've got this job. And they're not learning anything. Yes. This is a good point. Like um, I've spoken about this before, like, and I feel like a lot of the older generation, like beyond millennials, they feel like, you know, these younger people are coming in and stealing their jobs and stuff. It's like, who are they? I've got 20 years experience. It's like, do you have 20 years experience or do you have two years of experience? And then you spend the past 18 years doing the same thing over and over and over again. Like there's a difference. Obviously there's lots of jobs. Like if you're a doctor, 20 years experience is 20 years experience because it's constantly changing and who knows what's going to happen. But there are desk, like what you mentioned at desk job, like one of the big fours, you'll probably do stuff for like one, two, three years, and then you're just going to be on repeat and you're just going to be doing the same thing over and over again. And it's not really experience. And that's where like I consider my past three years, like the amount of stuff I've learned has just been insane. And like every 12 months, I'm in a completely different spot to where I was 12 months ago. And the people I talk to, that's normally how they like to, on my podcast, they say the same thing. They're like, oh, every 12 months, it's completely different. Like, who knows where I'm going to be? I'm, it's changing so fast, which can be scary for some people, but I, I quite like it when we do get into these kind of roles and for people listening, they're like, Oh, change. Like, Oh, that would be so, so scary. So uncomfortable. If you get used to that uncertainty, start trying to get used to that uncertainty and that change, the more you do it, the easier it gets. And you, like you said, you launched your podcast a lot earlier than you hope you did. Cause you weren't afraid to look like a bit of a dickhead if you didn't know what you were doing to begin with. You know, you weren't afraid yeah. to back and be like, oh, cringe. Like I, I'm nowhere near there that I am now. And I mean, I wish I had done that. I did a whole first season that I never posted because really? I, 
Yeah, I had a whole wow, okay. I never posted. But that was more like I'd post other stuff online. Like my Instagram is full of mm. absolute trash that I would make that that I would just post for the podcast. I was like, no, I need to make this professional. Mm. Well, I mean, what as you like what you just said, like Martin Scorsese, I think he says, if your first draft doesn't make you feel physically sick, then you've done something wrong. Yeah. And that obviously he's referring to his first draft of a film. Um, but that applies to look, talk to any YouTuber, any podcaster, anyone, they, everyone looks back at their first video and goes, Oh my God, it's not just start now. Like I still did a lot of preparation. I interviewed, I've got an episode that I haven't released episode zero, which is just me interviewing my mum to make sure technology worked to make sure everything was running smoothly to do as like a test drive. I still, I still spent like a long time preparing, but so many people will just prepare, prepare, prepare and like never start cause they're scared. And what you mentioned, the judgment is a big one, like especially for millennials and Gen Z, like we're so caught up in uh, comparison and social media. What are, what are people going to say? Every time you post something, you think, oh, are people talking about me in the group chat? Are they, are they you know, because you can screenshot it, like it's very toxic and it, it, it's very easy just to say, you've got to stop doing that, but it's a lot harder to actually do it. Like I still do it. Um, and there's still stuff I'm scared to post, but that, that was the biggest thing, like sorry for your listeners like so i launched a tiktok like a month ago and it's like blown up and it's it's really been very beneficial for me so in terms i post all my podcast clips on there and like i should have launched that like in january i don't know why i didn't i was just scared of the judgment because tiktok's like a vicious platform Mm. like people will rip you apart if you do something cringe or embarrassing and stuff you just gotta start i think it's a big one that's so funny how you look at tiktok versus how i think our generation looks at TikTok because I think our generation, a lot of it, like if I'm speaking with my friends and stuff, speak about TikTok as, oh, post whatever, who gives a fuck? It's just the youngies there, you know? Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, no, no, no. I see millennials as well that do the same thing, but it's like also like comment culture. Like you jump mm. in the comments you read what other people are saying about someone else's video as well. And I think the comments are huge in TikTok. Yeah. Like, you know, any viral video you see on TikTok has multiple associated viral comments. Like my, so I had a video that just went massively viral, like 4 million views. I have the top comments on like 120,000 likes. Wow. Like it's something ridiculous. And yeah, it, that is funny you say that because TikTok is, for Gen Z, TikTok is king. Like mm. if you had, a, if, I reckon if you had an option to keep TikTok or get rid of Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, every other platform, I reckon Gen Z would vote to get rid of every other platform and keep TikTok. Instagram, like, no, first of all, Facebook, no one gives a crap about Facebook. <laughs> Facebook is just for Messenger and maybe groups, and that's basically it. Instagram is more connected to your friends, but in TikTok, it could just be it's just the virality and the entertainment. Like, kids are spending three plus hours a day on TikTok. So that's where the attention is. It's just insane. Yeah, it's wild. I know with podcasts, it's, and even with my podcast, it takes a while. And I said to myself, I was like, it's going to take at least five years till I see any of the traction that I really want to see. And and I said that to myself just so like I knew I was in for the commitment, right? Of It's good. It's good that you have that mindset. Yeah. What, what was it for you going in? Like, did the numbers ever discourage you? And I know now you've got the TikTok stuff and we'll talk about that after, but in the beginning, did the listens or the reach ever discourage you from keeping going, especially because you knew the conversations you were having and how helpful they were mm. going to be to people? Yeah, this is, a, this is a really good question. Like, I appreciate you asking it, but like, yeah, hundred percent. And 
for, for your listeners, I'm not huge, right? Like I'm still, I'm still so early in the podcast. I've, I'm, I'm like 20 episodes in. I'm not getting that many listeners. Like I'm getting more than I was because of the TikTok and everything. And if you remove the TikTok, like I have very small online presence. Um, like I, as I mentioned, I didn't do much marketing. I just launched it and I was like, I'm just going to put out video content. I'm just going to put out the content. And I said, I'm not, I'm not going to care about who watches it or not. And yeah, I didn't, I haven't got much traction until t- like a month ago. And it's good because first of all, the, the, my mindset was, okay, if we're talking podcasting, right? There are so many benefits of podcasting besides just listeners. First of all, I get an excuse to bring on amazing people. Like I had a huge CEO on two days ago and like I just found him on LinkedIn. I messaged him. He, he came out. So not only was he on the podcast, he come, he drove out with his assistant to my office and then we had a room and he spent two hours with me. He charges like 10 grand for that. So there's, first of all, he's, he's now in my network. So there's that building relationships. A podcast allows me to create heaps of content for social media and put it out, which is really valuable. So I've got all these, I've got like over probably 300 videos of, of you know, video assets that I can use for promotion and stuff. And my logic was, okay, when I'm ready to go all in on the podcast, it'll be so much easier for me to leverage it if I've already got like 10, 20, 20 episodes instead of saying, hey, I'm launching a podcast. Because the fact is everyone's launching a podcast right now and statistics show only set, you know, 85% of podcasts don't make it past seven episodes. So everyone's launching a podcast. Most people won't actually commit. And so why would a company be willing to risk on a podcast that's just launching? So I was like, okay, if I have that, proof i've got the website i've got the social medias i've got 20 episodes live i've got all these guests i've had on the show when i go for a sponsorship or when i go for a partnership it'll be way easier so all of those metrics i just mentioned have nothing to do with followers if i have zero followers zero listeners those metrics still apply and so that was kind of my mindset the other mindset was which gary vanitok talks a lot about is if you impact one person like is it worth it if one person listens to your show and they maybe change their mindset and they, or they say something like, is that worth it? And like, yes, in my opinion it is. And I've had actually yesterday a kid reached out to me and he's just, he was literally asking me, he's just like, I don't know what to do in year 12 and stuff. And he, I was like, Oh, this is cool. Like, and he's just like, and I've been getting heaps of messages through TikTok and stuff lately about how what I'm doing is really cool. And that's really reaffirming. So yeah, it's just focusing on the, the, the impact playing the long-term game. It's all long-term. Like the fact that you were prepared to do five years, shows that it's like if you hit that five-year point and if you had no traction then maybe you look back and go okay i think i might be doing something wrong mm-hmm. um but you know once gary talks about this i always refer to him because he talk, you know he he gets asked this question a lot and he always says just what you've been you've been out of for six months that's nothing you know he did his show for i think five years before he got traction kevin hart pitched 400 times before he got to go on stage and blew up you know every most successful people have a story like that where they just kept going, kept going, kept going. Yeah. Consistency is everything. It's so funny that you put the metric of like seven episodes, which is like, it's, it's, I think people like sometimes they start stuff, especially in particular podcasts and you think Mm. I'll just start a podcast. You're just chatting with someone and then they realize that it's like, Oh, it's actually like seven, five, six, seven plus hours to actually edit it and make it all yeah. sound and get the clips and all of that. And organize, organize the guests is like, where do I find a guest? I've got to organize that. I've got to manage where my guests, what time they're coming on. I've got to buy equipment. Podcast is a lot of fun, but like, yeah, it's, you've got to commit. You've really got to commit. Yeah. I love the metrics that you use as well, because I say to people all the time, like the podcast, the biggest thing for me 
obviously the people that message me, that's, that's my favorite part, but the people that I've been able to connect to and the lessons I've learned from other Mm. people is like nothing. And I've gotten work out of it. Like I've been able to hundred percent. Yeah. Like it's, it's so beneficial. And I think people just don't understand that. I say it all the time, like start something like I, my kind of journey and in realizing that was I had a food and fashion blog and I first started seeing like, Oh, there's value in this. Like people engage. And also I get to connect with people that I would have never been able to connect with just because I have a blog, you know? Exactly. And it exactly. Was like, I'm just a dickhead writing on the internet. Like I'm not anyone. Yeah. And what's the difference? This is what I so say Glenn's program who, are, if we're going back to my story where I started, his program's called key person of influence. You might've heard the book key person of influence. It's like a worldwide bestseller business book. It's, I just recommend you, you read it. It's really short. You can read it in like two or three hours. And, um, it's about becoming the key person of influence in your industry. And so it's like, what's the difference between a key person of influence and someone who's not? They put out content. They're, they're probably an author. They're speaking on stage. They're doing all this stuff, online presence and everything. If you've got a doctor who's doing all this stuff, he's speaking on stage, and you've got a doctor who's just a doctor, they're both qualified. They're both talented doctors. But you're all, who are you going to choose? You're going to choose the one who you've been watching on Instagram for the past two years. You're going to choose the one who you saw speak on stage. You're going to choose the one whose book you read even though there's no difference in terms of skill level, they're both graduated. They're both qualified. You're going to choose that person. And the same goes for me and you. If you've got a podcast, if you've got a website, if you're putting out content, you've got a blog around this sort of stuff, people are going to want to reach out to you and talk to you and you're going to be able to build, build up through that. And so it's just starting and getting out there. It's a good point you made because good work these days isn't enough, unfortunately. Like mm. good work is great, but if you want to have a bigger impact than what you're having and that's what you're looking for the only way now is digital like yeah and 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 you can build your networks and get referrals and stuff like that and and that's totally fine you can live totally offline that is totally possible and you can do that but if you're wanting to spread that message far and wide the only way is online now it is so funny when you you mentioned about the doc the two doctors because it's it's true that's how we find our experts mm. these days that's how we find our specialists that's how we find yeah. everything it's not it's not the yellow pages or the white pages that we you know we just find whoever's top there and even even google is becoming less like i guess there's stuff like plumbers where like i've got a leaky tap i'll google search i'll just click on the top one and bring in that plumber but stuff other industries where you should become the key, you know the expert try become that go-to person as we just mentioned so i'm trying to become the go-to person for i guess young people education and so far, there's not really much competition. As I mentioned, there's a lot of companies, but no one's actually built a personal brand around it or like they've built like it around their name, even though I've got the company name and my personal name. And that's, you know, a lot of the companies are run by people who are in their you know, 30s and 40s, which I say is old. They're not really old, but in comparison to Gen Z, they are old. And, and what have you found <laughs> about, I guess, Gen Z in comparison? Because the people that you speak to are, you don't really, you don't speak to many Gen Z or any Gen Z. I think the day, the girl I mentioned who was on the dating, I mean, me, first of all, I'm put, I could be Gen Z or millennial. I'm, I'm floating, I'm floating in between. And so was she, she's probably the youngest. I had a 13 year old kid on my podcast earlier on. Besides that. Yeah. I guess the reason, and we we talk about like imposter monster, like who am I to be putting out education for younger people? I only just graduated high school. The reason the podcast works well is because I can bring on experts and talk about stuff like mental health. I've never experienced depression. I've never experienced severe mental health. So it would be, you know, it would, it'd be bad of me to just start talking about it 
it's just it's a disconnect i think it's it's just rude and disrespectful to considering i don't know so i bring on i brought on the co-founder of are you okay day and he spoke about mental health and stuff and so that's another cool reason of the podcast gents are struggling with heaps right and I, I what were you did you have social media in high school the biggest thing was probably like msn and then facebook Sure. But yeah. So I, I, was, I had a Nokia brick till halfway through year twelve. I was really okay. Late. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you've got to remember, like, year seven to year twelve, we have full, high functioning iPhones with HD four K cameras and everything nowadays, which means you know when you and this is what I mean, like the bullying. And I was never bullied. I, I don't think bullying in that aspect doesn't exist as much. It's more like being left out, mm. and you know you don't get invited to a party. You get to watch it from every angle on Snapchat. You go into, they probably had a professional photographer at that party and then they'll upload an album and they're constantly going to be tagging each other on Facebook. So your entire newsfeed for the next two days, is just this party you didn't get invited to. And that like sucks. That is vicious. This is something that Gen Z is dealing with that no, that no other generation has had to deal with. School doesn't have protocols in place for technology because it's happened in the past five to 10 years. They do do some stuff to help it, but you know, it's just, it's just dangerous with social media. I think it's got to be the biggest one for Gen Z. It's just technology, social media. I do think it's making us very undisciplined. So I think Gen Z lacks a lot of discipline because we get everything instantly. Mm. You know, Uber Eats, we want food, Uber Eats. We want entertainment, pick up our phone. Every second we're bored, we pick up our phone, we get entertainment. We've got TikTok, Facebook, whatever you want. We get games, like everything comes so quickly and instantly that I guess when it doesn't, so when people start a business and it doesn't work straight away or when they, they, they get a job and they're not being in the position they want straight away, it feels like, what? What's going on? And so I think discipline is a real big one. I do think Gen Z is probably a little bit delusional. I'm like, I see a lot of stuff on, on TikTok where they, they're like, oh, we're going to do this and this and this. And they, they talk about all the ideas and everything. And they talk about you know <clears throat> climate change. They talk about, oh, we don't want plastic straws and stuff. And then they'll continue... And then they'll, you know, complain about Elon Musk making lots of money, even though he's contributed more to clean energy than all of those basic white girls who aren't having plastic straws ever will. So I do think we're a little bit delusional in like actually implementing it and, you know, understanding that the economics of climate change and understanding that, you know, if we want this, it means we're probably going to sacrifice coals, which is billions of dollars in the economy, which is going to take a hit and all that sort of stuff. But all we focus on is, oh, we just want this, we want this once, when we want this without actually looking at how we actually do it, mm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So they're probably like some key traits I'm seeing in Gen Z, but they're the bad ones. The good ones are, I think, we're so, I guess, progressive in terms of all like very, very, Gen Z and millennials, and we've I've spoken about this on previous episodes, are very not money hungry. So, yeah, they want they want to be working for a company that has a purpose way more than any other generation. So they, they'll they'll take a pay cut if they can work for someone who's doing something that has a purpose. Like there's a, it's not just a business for money. They're doing something beyond it, you know, which is what I like to think I'm doing. I'm trying to help younger people and all that sort of stuff. And so that's that's definitely pretty exciting. And I'm keen for them to get into the workforce and kind of bring that in a bit more, be a bit less money hungry. Is there anything you think from a millennial perspective in terms of being able to help Gen Z adapt or, or grow in the workplace? I do think 
I mean, if you, if anyone wants to explore this deeper, I think episode seven, I told it, we literally the entire episode is about into, she calls it the millennial, the millennial mindset and intergenerational flow. You should definitely get on your show actually, Nicole Hathley. Mm. And so we, she talks about how she gets boomers and Gen X and how she, how they should be working together with Gen Z and millennials. So that's really cool. But to answer your question, I guess the, the mindset immediately that, that I think of is I think of when you're in year 12 or like when you're in year 10 and year sevens join. Because when you're in year seven, you're like, oh, why is everyone so, you know, they don't care about us and stuff. And then you enter year 10 and you're like, yeah, year sevens, you guys are really annoying. Like, shut up. Just, you, you think you're top shit because you've just come from primary school. You're actually the bottom of the heap. But I think a key thing for millennials to remember is millennials and Gen Z are different. Like this isn't just, so if you have been in a position and now you've come up into a new role and you've got someone from Gen Z coming in, that's not another version of you coming in. They're actually quite different as we mentioned that whole language and stuff. And so maybe what worked for you or what you enjoyed might, might not work for them. They might be more purpose-driven. They might be more technologically literate. You might have to take their phones away during work or so. I don't know. But it is, I mean, it's just, it's also, I think it's all culture. Like I remember I was listening to a podcast in the, from uh, like a F1 pilot or something, like the, a full-on like fighter pilot. And when he joined the academy, he like went up to people and said, hey, how are you going? And they were just like, fuck off. That's what they say. And he's just like really weird. And I remember listening to this. I was like, that sounds really crap. Like it, he's worked so hard to get here. And this is kind of like, and then he kind of justifies it towards the end. He's like, um, oh, it was good because it, you know, that's just the culture. That was the way it taught me. And I was just like, I don't know. That just sounds really toxic. And if, especially in the army and like that sort of thing, we're supposed to be working as a unit and as a team. And so I think it's just culture, like trying to build a better culture for your team, which, and I don't really know, how, honestly, I have no idea how you do that if, in the scenario, they're in one of the big four or they're in like in a massive corporation, which has already built its culture. And Cause I'm, I'm small business, right? I've seen small yeah. businesses. I've seen lots of small business teams and in small business, you can shift a culture really easily. Cause it's like a team of 10, 20, 30 people. And so you can kind of really build that. And once again, I still feel weird saying this considering your listeners might be older than me, but something I've noticed from a lot of my guests is I ask them all, what do they do after high school and what are they currently up to? And the amount of times they say I studied for this and they're doing something completely different or I started doing this and now I'm doing this is almost every single guest. So if you're worried that, oh, I'm trapped now, I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. Like I wouldn't worry about that because like you just, you, who knows where you're going to go just so long as you don't. But this is the biggest mistake I see millennials making in the scenario where they finish university and they go for a job, like the biggest mistake you can make. You go from uni where you're earning nothing to getting an 80K job or something. And then you build a lifestyle around that $80,000. And so you, you buy a new car, you might get a car loan, a home loan. You might, you know, or maybe you'll go get pay like $1,000 a week in rent or you get a fancy watch and you'll build this lifestyle because you think you deserve it because you've been studying your whole life. And now you're trapped. If you want to go live in London or take a gap year or something, you can't. Now you have to continue to earn that $80,000 for the rest of your life. And otherwise you're just going to run out of money instantly. And so that's a huge mistake I see people making. Like just, if we keep it simple, just save 10%, 20%, 25% of your income. Like doesn't matter how much you're earning, just consistently save a certain percentage and put that into your savings and invest that. That was so spot on when you said that. And I think it's really important. Like I really wanted you on because like, I also want to make sure that with, with the podcast, we are kind of, breaking some of the the barrier kind of stuff so like on I, I i alternate like male female male female with each episode oh really like that i try and get like my male audience talking about 
things that maybe females would speak about more and females speaking about things that typically mm. you know males would speak about more. So I, I love that like you're just by the obs- observation and by the conversations you've had that you've hit the nail on the head so well with the spending kind of thing and what happens with us a lot of the time. And I think it's one of the things that it, 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 that, that makes people feel trapped um, and makes people feel stuck is that they are spending the salary that they mm. are making or they, and you're right. It is that I deserve this. I deserve this. And I, and I think about it cause I'm like, I've always spent, I've always lived off. Like I've earned mi- the minimum amount I could spend. I live at home, you know, so I can, but in saying that the minimum amount I can spend, but then when I want to invest, put money behind my podcast, or I want to buy something that I know is going to benefit or whatever, it gives you that freedom and you know that even if I was on this amount, shit's not that bad. <laughs> you yeah, know. 100%. Yeah, and look at, I mean, such an important the, mil- the middle of coronavirus is a great example. If you're on JobKeeper, which is actually a raise for me, so I'm earning more money on JobKeeper because I've been paying myself like the bare minimum to survive for the, through business. You know, what's JobKeeper? Like $35,000 a year? if you're on JobKeeper. So, I mean, you've, if you've gone from like 80 to 35, that's probably a big hit, <laughs> but it's good. Like it'll be a good wake up call. Use this. I've used it. It's been so valuable. I lost heaps of clients and stuff, but I realized how much money I was wasting on the business. And I was like, man, I've cut all my costs down so much that it's actually, it was a good little wake up call. Now you're, you're all in on the podcast, right? Yeah. Well, that's just recently because of coronavirus. So I lost yeah. a heap, heaps of clients from coronavirus. And I was just like, I had JobKeeper coming in and because I'm a company that employs myself, so I, ben- I, I got all the benefits of the Australian government, which was so good. Like, I'm, I'm so grateful that I made myself a company and employed myself. Like, it saved me. And so I was like, I've got a lot of free time because I've only got like one client now. Um, I've got money coming in. This is, and first of all, like passion doesn't pay. You know, if, like your passion will not pay in the beginning. It will not pay for a long time. And that's something you've got to accept. Like this is my passion. I haven't made a single dollar from it. it if, any, if anything, it's cost me thousands of dollars and probably thousands of hours of time if you took it all up, at least hundreds. And so, and it's probably not going to pay for a while. I actually have a lot of ways of monetizing it in the future, but that's not a priority for me. I just want to monetize it to the point where I don't have to work on other clients. And <clears throat> yeah, so this rare opportunity, a lot of free time, had JobKeeper coming in. Let's just go all in on the podcast. And now I'm working on some events for young people. I had like three people on the show last week, which is really cool. Really good interviews as well and building some partnerships and stuff. I'm just, I'm like a content machine. I'm putting like so many videos out on TikTok and everything. I've got like, I've got an album of like 120 videos that are ready for TikTok for my podcast. Like I'm, I'm putting out just heaps of content. I'm putting all the stuff on YouTube. I don't get any traction on YouTube, but I'm just putting it out there anyway. So, you know, yeah. And I guess the, the next step is, as I mentioned, I, have, I don't have that many listeners right now, but I feel like if I went to a PR person and I said, hey, I've got 50,000 followers on TikTok, I've got 20 guests, I've had this sort of people on my show, this is what I talk about, that's way easier to promote to PR than if I hadn't launched a podcast or if I just you know, was scared of not getting any listeners. And so that kind of links back to your question before. But yeah, that's why I'm going, kind of going all in on the podcast. Coronavirus sucked at first, but I've kind of flipped it around and I'm like, okay, Let's use this to my advantage. I think it's important for it to suck it up at a point as well. Like for you to be like, okay, well, yeah, this is shit, but what can we do from here? Mm. Yeah. Which I think a lot of people like, had. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. We're getting towards the end now. What I have three questions that I ask all of my guests towards the end of the episode. And the first question that I have for you is uh, what is the first small step you took to get to where you are now? Man, this is, this is interesting. I won't take up too much time, but this is uh, interesting because I talk about like, I think just, you've got to say yet, yeah, like, you know, that movie, Yes Man. I think it's actually kind of true. You just got to say yes to opportunities and who knows where they'll lead. Like for me, the only reason I got my job with Glenn, which is what kickstarted everything to get to where I am now, is if we go all the way back when I was in like year 11, year t- nine, year 10. So what, 16, 16 years old, my mum kind of made me and my brother go to this camp for disability kids where you, you get a, you look after a kid for a week during our school holiday. So it was a week of our school holidays. And we were like, oh man, a week yeah. of our school holidays. And so we went to it and it was actually quite fun. And through there, I met someone who introduced me to uh, an, an MLM company, so network marketing. And I'm not a big fan of MLM. I didn't really do anything with it. But what these people have and what MLM are really good at is mindset. And they, have, they create like every Tuesday and every Thursday, they had trainings in person where you could go do all this stuff. And so that introduced me to the whole mindset in the business world. And through that, I kind of discovered Gary Vaynerchuk and I followed him on Facebook. And the only reason I got that ad from to, to work with Glenn was because they were targeting people who had shown interest in videography and liked Gary Vaynerchuk on Facebook. And so if we link back, the only reason I liked Gary on Facebook is because I said yes to this disability cam, which I didn't want to do. I met this person. He introduced me to this person. I started following Gary. I, then I found this job. Then I took the job, blah, 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 blah. And so it's just kind of like understanding that almost butterfly effect of like, you've just got to be open to opportunities. They could lead anywhere. They could lead, like, you've just got to be open to opportunities. Don't be closed-minded. Say yes to free things. You know, go out to that social event, even if you want to stay at home, because who knows who you might meet, um, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I love that. And it is so important, that snowball effect, especially these days with targeted ads. Like I say to people, yeah. whatever you're curious about, go and fucking Google it right now. We Google everything else. Why not Google it? Because that is how you'll be ta- like you'll get that kind yeah. of content coming to you so why yeah. wouldn't you want and i know like it's an invasion of privacy in some ways i don't know i personally i enjoy it because i'm like get over it, it. Gets me we have I'm no like- privacy yeah exactly like get over it it's like this is the world we're in like exactly. and also no one cares no one cares about you no one's Literally, no one cares about no one what you're doing you. <laughs> yeah oh i love that okay but also uh, it's like yeah my logic i guess as a, someone who's in marketing is like facebook is free you're going to get facebook ads why not make them ads that you're actually interested in? Exactly. That's kind of like, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm the same. And I don't know if it's because I'm in the space, but also I know a lot of people in marketing that are also like, I have all of these blockers so that people don't know what I'm doing and la, la, la. And I was like, literally, you are not that important. Like, no. Yeah, you're not. And I, and because... I say that and, I, and we both like created our own podcast where we talk to people. Like, and mm. people might think, well, you think you're important. It's like, no, no, no. It's not saying that. It's saying like, mm. nobody gives a fuck what you do. They're too worried about their own yeah. shit. So... Yeah, no, um, no one cares what your location is yeah, exactly. unless you're like a celebrity or something. Like, who cares? Yeah. Um, the next question I have for you is, what is your biggest millennial crisis right now? And I define a millennial crisis as a, privi- uh, as a privilege problem that consciously or subconsciously affects your mental health or well-being. I guess, um, I don't know if this is millennial, but I guess with everything that's been going with Black Lives Matters, it's just kind of appreciating the privilege of being white and or like being born in Australia, being in like, and I've always been aware of how amazing Australia is. Like even when Black Lives Matter happened, we had riots in Australia about Aboriginals and stuff, um, which is definitely 
prevalent, but it's nowhere near as bad as it is in America and a lot of other countries. And so it's just having the privilege of being, I guess, first of all, white, being born, you know, growing up in Australia and New Zealand for me and having the opportunity, like, oh my God, the opportunity we have as millennials and Gen Z is just phenomenal. Like I, I fully believe that anything you're passionate about, if you can develop some marketing skills and some, some hustle and some business skills, you can create a living through whatever you're passionate about. It doesn't mean you're making half a million a year. It might mean you're only making 80K a year, but making 80K a year doing something you're passionate about versus making 120,000 sitting in a cubicle at a corporate that you don't enjoy. In my opinion, the $80,000 person is more successful and more happier. It's 40K. Like, it's like we mentioned, if, if you've, once you start earning the money, you'll just find a way to spend it. Most people who earn lots of money aren't richer. They just, they'll just, they just spend more. As millennials and Gen Z, we're so privileged with the opportunity, with technology, even though I mentioned there are a lot of downsides with mental health and stuff, there are a lot of upsides in terms of I can start a podcast, I can start a TikTok and blow up, I can start social media accounts and reach, I, I don't know, I've reached so many people on TikTok, it's just, it's scary. Like, you know, I've ever, some of my videos, that video I got has over a million likes. And so when you actually break down, like a million people just enjoyed this and liked it. Like that is so many people. Like that's the opportunity we have nowadays. Yeah, it's crazy to fathom. I think about that all the time. Like even a thousand people, like people think like, I know. oh, I've only got a thousand followers. Like that's my friends or whatever. And it's like, bro, that's a lot of people. Like, uh, yeah. real, And we take that for granted now. Like, because you look at celebrities that have like 60 million, 30 million. Yeah, or whatever, exactly. You're like, I'm like, how is that a thing? Like, how is that number people? And it's, yeah. it goes back to that. If you just impact one person, is it worth it? For sure. And the final question I have is, what is one thing you still want to explore or are curious about? I'd like to um, kind of get into more psychology stuff. Mm. Um, I, I've kind of said if I was, I'm not a huge advocate of uni. First of all, I personally am not a huge advocate of uni, but I do think I'm not an entrepreneurship podcast. I have a lot of entrepreneurs on the show, but I am fully aware that most, a lot of people will benefit from uni and you need to go to uni for most courses. I know a lot of motivational speakers will be like, don't go to uni, don't go to uni. It's, it's more like, why are you going to uni? Figure out why it is and make sure it's a good reason why it's not just to please your parent. But something I'd like to kind of, I did consider was like, if I was to do a degree, I'd like to study more on psychology, just kind of get into an understanding because I feel like that could benefit me as a podcast host as when I want to, I want to start speaking on stage and kind of just start putting that stuff out there. And I just speak, I guess, linking back to the Black Lives Matter thing as well. I think the best part for me about that movement was just with the raising, raising awareness. Like I was having a lot of conversations with people about at it and understanding. I was like, man, I didn't realize it was, it was so bad. And just kind of opening up your mind to other things. I feel like we're very you know, caught in our little bubble, our, our rich, rich bubble of being rich Australians. And so just kind of opening your mind up to the rest of the world and seeing what they're going through. You know, human psychology, how do we respond to people? Understanding that if we attack someone like if we go yell at someone really viciously about something they're most likely going to use that same tone back to you and then you're going to get caught in a fight versus if you come at them with reason and logic and a bit more calm tone they'll probably come at you with more calm tone reason and logic just little kind of stuff like that communication is probably like the number one skill that that we should have and is so valued and should be valued like everyone says on their resume like i'm a great communicator it's like are you though? What does it mean? Like, you know, if you're a great communicator, then when you're feeling your boss is overworking you, then you mention that. If you're feeling you're getting underpaid what you're worth, you mention that. Like communication is about having hard, uncomfortable conversations that you really don't want to have in a 
like unemotional way, no, you know, emotional, yeah. but unlike, you know, heated way, you know. And I think Gen Z is so bad at confrontation as well. Um, cause once again, it's back to the thing. We're terrible at confrontation because we do everything over. We, we girls and guys just don't confront people. Like if you're seeing someone, it's like ghosting. I mentioned before, yeah. do you know how rude that is? It's like <laughs> so ridiculously rude to just stop talking to someone that you've been talking to and ha- maybe gone on a few dates with. It's like so rude. Cause they just don't want, they, they're too scared to even send a message saying, Hey, I'm not really feeling this. That's how bad they are at confrontation. Mm. God, like I can't imagine them having to do it in person. Yeah. And so that's another thing. Gen Z is really bad at confrontation. I think as a whole, obviously not everyone as a, as a blanket statement for our generation. Mm. And so I would, and millennials probably as well. So uh-huh. if, sure. if, if you're listening to this going, how can I step, you know, be different from the rest, man, you got to get good at confrontation and I'm full disclosure. I'm not that good at it either. I'm constantly, you know, I've, there's been, I've had to have, have a few hard conversations and it's like, I dread it. I've, I feel sick. I don't want to have to do it. You just got to, you know, bite the bullet and just make that confrontation. So yeah, maybe we, we switch the word from communication to confrontation because that's a good point. Yeah, no, yeah, it, it is. I've been waiting. I really am looking for the right person to have on to talk about like the increase in social anxiety and what the internet's done to our communication skills. Mm, it happens yeah. in many facets of our lives. And honestly, like I feel that if I didn't push this so much and I didn't learn so much and I feel like whatever I say, I have to do. So if I never had that saying like, well, I can't continue the podcast if I don't have this conversation, like that is what gets me to have difficult conversations that I really, really, really don't fucking want to have. Yeah. If that's what you're telling other people, if that's what you're doing, you have to do it. Like it's Mm. nobody likes it. There is not one person that is confident and is so, so confident that they don't still have a, something in any kind of difficult conversation they have to have and if they are like this is you know like trump elon musk a lot of those people of, of people often align them as kind of like sociopaths where they yeah. just don't feel kind of they can just say that stuff without feeling i definitely couldn't and so if you're human like like me and you yeah. then it's com- and yeah discomfort precedes victory you know, yes, theory, you have a, their, their whole clothing brand is seek discomfort. So if it's uncomfortable, you should probably do it. Yeah. Like that's a sign you've just constantly got to get uncomfortable. Starting the podcast, doing interviews was uncomfortable for me. Still is a little bit sometimes. Um, you know, you've just got to chase discomfort because that's usually where you'll find you can, you know, break into success. Love it. Speaking of discomfort, we spoke a bit about a challenge for everyone that's listening. It's pretty simple and it's figure out a call to action for your life which sounds kind of fluffy, sounds kind of fluffy, but let me explain. So call to action for anyone who isn't in the marketing world is at the end of an ad, they'll be like, go like my page. Oh, click the button, buy now. That's the call to action. So if you can come up, just come up with a real short, like whatever it is you want to do. So even if you're in a corporate cubicle, you've just got your job and you're not really enjoying it. Like what is it you really want to do? Have that call to action ready. Whenever you meet someone and they're like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm currently doing this but I'm looking for opportunities to get my foot in the door here. I'm looking, but I'm kind of, I'm also really interested in this space. That's what you don't have to say. Hey, do you know anyone? Just say, I'm also really interested in this space. Maybe you want to be in the creative industry. Like I'm really interested in starting to make documentaries or something. You say that to a hundred people, surely one of them will know someone who knows someone or something and you can, you can get your foot in the door. So just coming out with a little call to action for your life. For me, it's, you know, I'm, I'm looking to get in front of as many young people as possible. That's it. 
So what are you currently up to? I've got a podcast, um, help educate and inspire younger people with practical life skills we don't learn in school. I'm looking, I'm starting to run some events, I'm building that brand, but really I'm just looking to get in front of as many young people as possible. Oh, I know a guy who's running an event for young people. You should, you should link up with him. Oh, I know a guy who'd be great to come on your show, blah, 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 blah. And so it's just once again, opening your mind up to opportunities and realizing that they are everywhere. And so if you can just figure out what your tiny little call to action is and just start saying that to anyone you meet at a barbecue, yeah, take advantage and find a little call to action for yourself. I love that. That's awesome. And I'm excited to do that as well. Well, is there anything else that you really want the listeners to know that you think is really valuable and you've learned throughout your podcasting and post high school journey? I think, I mean, I've just got to, I'll say it again because I think it's so important. Don't create a lifestyle around your income when you get a job. Like it is, I don't know, it depends on who you are, right? I guess me and you are quite similar in terms of I want to travel the world. I want to, I, don't, I hate the idea of being stuck in one spot and being stuck to a job, stuck to a lifestyle that I've created. But the problem is you'll create a lifestyle, then you'll find someone, you know, you might meet a, a, a man or a woman that you fall in love with and then you're going to get married, then you're going to have to buy an engagement ring, then you're going to pay for the wedding, then you're going to have kids and now you're, you're definitely, you, you're, you're totally stuck in a lifestyle that you definitely cannot get out of and you can't just go live in London for a year. You can't just go do whatever. Thank you so much, Byron, for getting up early morning as well and <laughs> um, joining me for this chat. It, it was it was awesome and I'm, I'm excited to see where you're going to go in the next few years because, like I said, I'm a huge fan of your work and I think what you're doing is is awesome. So, yeah, keep it up, mate. It's, um, yeah, really cool, really cool to see. It's a pleasure, absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. And that's it for another episode of the Millennial Crisis Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to connect with Byron or find out more about the Driven Young podcast, all of the links will be in the show notes below. If you want to chat further about today's episode, please send me a DM on Instagram at The Millennial Crisis or at Demi Kotsouris. I always love hearing more, especially if you do this week's challenge. Please let me know what your call to action is. If you have not signed up for our virtual events, Millennial Conversations, I highly recommend jumping on board. It is a bunch of like-minded millennials from all around the globe that get together to discuss relevant topics that affect our lives in this digital age that we live in. I have had so much fun meeting everyone, learning and connecting, talking on a deeper level. It's honestly been so great. So push yourself out of your comfort zone and sign up for one of our events. That is all for this week. I will chat to you next week with another awesome episode. Bye.